Blog Talk Radio. Hey, hey guys and gals, this is Jesse, and we have Nita and Kyle on today. What's up, Kyle? What's up, Nita? What's up? You on there, Kyle? I don't know. Maybe Kyle's having some technical difficulties. We'll have to see what happens there. All right. Well, oh, yeah. I'm here, brother. Show. All right. Cool, cool. All right. Just wanted to make sure. All right. So we got a great uh, podcast here today for you guys, but first and foremost, uh, we are starting off our March Madness on episode 11, March Madness and Thrones. We got some great things to kick off this March and this spring. And uh, we're going to be talking a lot about Game of Thrones tonight, a little bit about some Disney, a little bit about Nintendo Switch. Uh, you know, thank That's you right. again, Nita, for joining us uh, again uh, on our podcast as we have eagerly awaited your return. <laughs> and well, I'm glad to be here. <laughs> Awesome, awesome. And we also have some other great fillers in tonight as well. But first and foremost, you can find us on Facebook at JK Podcast 101. You can also find us on blogtalkradio.com backslash JK Podcast. And uh, you can also find us on iTunes and download, subscribe, and listen there as well. JK Podcast in the search bar, download, listen, subscribe. And, of course, our aforementioned Twitter, as always, at JK Podcast 101. That is our Twitter handle. So, First and foremost, we're all remote tonight. Nita is back at her castle. I'm in my castle. And Kyle, 
You are in a little town called Blackshear. Is that correct? I am. I am, sir. Yeah. Um, I am uh, uh, right here in a little town called Blackshear. And uh, it's funny, I'm actually set up in Shelby's old room. And I'm around, <laughs> I'm, on, I'm sitting on a desk at her granny's house where we have the best connection and, you know, have everything going properly. And I'm around posters that I'm looking at that are from Natalia, from Death Note, um, things that happened with Winter Jam bands back in the past, um, and Final Fantasy VIII and IX uh, posters, and just uh, cool, you know, pop culture things that have happened in the past. So it's cool, man. Uh, there's even some Disney stuff, and um, uh, so it's a uh, it's a it's a cool setting um, to be here on this night. And of course, we're away because. We had to uh, take care of some business, and um, uh, so we're happy to happy to still be on, man. And um, you know, a lot of people don't a lot a lot of times out there, they really don't know what goes into how much work we're really trying to put in and and stay on for you guys and keep bringing that episodes back to, you know, the forefront. So thanks thanks for still you know sticking with me, man, and and uh, and uh, we're still hanging in there and and making it happen. Absolutely, absolutely, and you know. Again, we thank you, Nita, for coming on and being that support and uh, that, yeah, that thank email you. input that we always need. Um, so, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So first and foremost, I guess we can go ahead and dive right in. We have some great topics. I ran across, I ran across a couple of uh, articles um, that basically showed some Game of Thrones uh, tips, some Easter eggs, what they're going to have out for Season 7. Uh, really kind of want to step back and review some of the older uh, seasons and some of the moments that has epitomized what we're coming up to now in season seven. So you look at moments like the Red Wedding, the Battle of the Bastards, um, you know, the part where Robert was assassinated really, um, you know, by the boar. And, I mean, there's so many things that have happened in Game of Thrones that has led all of us fans up to this point where we are at the climax of season season seven and being ready for it. And, uh, you know, I think one of the things I'd like to really get Nita's input on is, you know, what is the scene that you feel throughout seasons one through six, now going into seven, that really kind of shaped the culture for this upcoming season for the characters? Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) That's a lot. That is a lot. (laughs) I mean, it is well, so it's so much. Um, I mean, just you know, you, you know, Cersei's you know evilness. Um, you got the divide of the Stark family. Um, you know, I mean, and then you got the journey of of uh, you know Daenerys and everything. So it's 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 a lot. Um, I mean, I couldn't pinpoint, like, exactly, like, what episodes, but, I mean, they're, you know, like you said, like, the Red Wedding, um, you know, there's, it's usually the finales that, you know, that kind of bring, you know, the season together um, and make you prepared for what what's to come, you know. Um, I didn't get... Right. I you know I didn't get I I'm, I don't know if you guys seen I, I Jesse I know you had mentioned that you had seen a trailer and I was looking all over the internet for the trailer I, I've been finding trailers that fans have made 
you know, well-made trailers, um, but they're, they're parts of, like, Vikings and The Last Kingdom. Like, people are just kind of cutting and editing these trailers, which are yeah. not real trailers, which kind of suck. Mm-hmm. Um, right. But hopefully we'll get we'll get a, a nice, you know, two-minute or so trailer uh, pretty soon for that. So. Right, absolutely. I agree with you because I know that we both were kind of yeah. frantically looking for the – you know, um, for the the next trailer, you know what I mean? And we just really couldn't find it anywhere. We saw an article, at least, you know, I saw an article that said it released on HBO, um, but it was, uh, uh, it wasn't anywhere found on the actual, you know, on the actual article uh, as far as the link or the video itself. So that kind of was a bummer. Um, but I think you're right. You know, Cersei coming into power really climaxed and epitomizes the upcoming season seven and, and really her, getting revenge on all those who wronged her and essentially even though it's more so about Cersei, her family, which we all know how much that is, how much that is important to her. And it was even awesome to kind of see the backstory of Cersei and why she is the way she is and how she's so protective of her family. Um, right. I think in season six, they did a great job of portraying her, uh, her character and being able to do that. Um, I think my, if I could pull, three scenes out of the back of my head that I think really shaped um, or at least cultivized um, Game of Thrones for myself and my fandom would be um, the first battle at the wall against the Mm. wildlings. Um, Like a beta version of what they were going to go through in the sex season with the White Walkers and preparing the Night's Watch and making it so much of a reality of how men need men and they need to be ready for anything from that side of the wall to come because it's coming. Um, I think Mm -hmm. that's one. Um, I think the second um, is definitely, uh, like you said, Nita Cersei uh, coming into power and those those scenes, really the episodes that her, um, you know, revenge takes place in an epic form that even if you hate Cersei, you'll love her because you see what she's gone through and you see what she's doing to get there. Um, and then on top of that, I think it's a little bit of, uh, you know, the Battle of the Bastards. You know, it's one of those awesome battles that really gets the blood boiling and gets the Starks, after years of suffering as a fan, gets them back in power and gives them the opportunity to rise up again as King of the North and, uh, you know, and getting their family back on the map. And, and that kind of leads into some other things. Um, you know, as far as some spoilers and Easter eggs. And part of this article that I saw, or the separate article that I saw, uh, there were some Easter eggs. Um, you know, one of the things that uh, Nita and I talked about on the phone earlier, as we, I mean, we had a great conversation, as always, um, and really kind of got us excited about tonight's episode for everybody, including, mm-hmm. you know, you, Kyle, is right. that they had these Easter eggs um, from Game of Thrones. And one of them was you know, nice. we all think that uh, we all think that uh, you know Daenerys later on in the in the in the seasons of Game of Thrones is Jon Snow's uh, sister by birth, right. right? Like as far as like a half brother, but he actually yeah, I was wondering, I was wondering actually, about that myself. Yeah, but she actually is his aunt. At least that's what the Easter egg is portraying in this article. Wow, saying that. He's reunited with his aunt Danny, 
And I'm like, wait a minute, that doesn't make a lot of sense. But if yeah. you sit back and you look at the timeline, it shows itself, and it really kind of you know pushes that. And I think even when I told Nita that earlier, Nita's reaction was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, how do you how do you feel about that, Nita? <laughs> I, I just it's, it's weird, but I mean. If that if 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 that's the way that it's got to go, I mean, you know, I'm rooting for it. It's either right. it's it's, right. it's it's either it's either one or both, you know, reigning. So I'm I'm yeah, right. thumbs up. Like if they go that route, it's good. Right. I mean, I still even with Game of Thrones being the way Game of Thrones is, I I really wouldn't put it past them to have them uh, be together. You know what I mean and and uh, making something happen out of nothing, really, if you put it that direction. Um, But, you know, moving into a Game of Thrones world and such a passionate um, area for a lot of people, you know, you look at different things and you start thinking about the episodes that are coming out and why there's only seven versus, you know, the, the three more that they normally have. And even in the article, they said that even though there is less episodes, the season feels longer, and it's because they spent so much time building into the season itself and, and to each and every episode that even there's another Easter egg that even came out that episode four of season seven is supposed to be 40-plus um, minutes of pure battle time between Mm. Uh, Jon Snow, um, you know Daenerys Targaryen, and Cersei and the Lannisters and Jaime. Oh, that wow. is a lot of battle. That is a lot of battle time. That is a lot of battle time. Especially, especially for, um, especially for a TV series. Even though I know it's HBO, and I know they can do that kind of thing, but especially for a TV series, you know what I mean. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So that's that, gonna be that's gonna I be mean, a lot of blood to be shed. <laughs> exactly. And and my point is this, Nita. Do you think it's gonna be longer than an hour episode? I mean, if it's even if it's in the middle of God, yeah. I hope so. The four seasons. Because I I'm mean, just gonna want more. I mean, be? it's just, yeah. I'm just gonna want more. Like after after the last the last episode, I'm just gonna be like, oh my god. And I'll probably, no joke, probably gonna be I'm probably gonna be watching. Uh, season seven over and over again. <laughs> yeah, I think we all will. I mean, you know, we've all kind of started yeah. and watched Game of Thrones. I know Kyle just started it up. Um, you know, we had Ryan, who is a guest host in one of our episodes, and he even spoke to the fact that he's actually restarted the episode of, or I'm sorry, restarted season one because he was primarily in the books and he wanted to make sure he was on point and getting nice everything that he needed. So, you know, I think this was an epic start for Game of Thrones. That, you know, as far as getting 40-plus minutes of um, of just one particular aspect added in right. two. Right. You know what I mean? And, and you gotta you got to think about that. That's just – those that, are, that. are just Easter eggs, you know. This isn't just like the mm-hmm. whole majority, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, and right. Nita, like, how excited does that get you that you get Jamie Lannister, Cersei Lannister, Dan- uh, Daenerys Targaryen, obviously her dragons, Jon Snow, and, of course, the remainder of the Stark family fighting 
all in one scene. I think I'm going to be on my feet the whole time, cheering and yelling <laughs> like I was watching a USC fight. I'm serious. <laughs> yeah. yeah uh, I think a I lot mean, of I'm us serious. are. Like, I think it's gonna, I'm going to be so excited about it. Like, if, if, if this was on pay-per-view, I'd be paying for it. Like, <laughs> like I'm serious. I'm going to be cheering. I'm going to be, like, screaming. Uh, you know, I mean, it's, yeah, I'm gonna be that annoying person in the in the theater talking through the through the movie. Like, yeah, I'm gonna be that person. <laughs> right, right. I mean, I I don't doubt it. I mean, I'll be the same way. Like, you think about a 40 minute scene, you know, that is of um, it is an insane amount of time, insane amount of time. You know what I mean? It's so yeah. it's so crazy. The you know what I mean? It's just such a large amount of time and you look into different areas of game of thrones and the characters that they have and what you know iota they have to add and and offer and and you start looking and start feeling a little bit of is this going to be too much for me to say goodbye because when you're looking at these easter eggs you know just the battle itself and the fact that we were you know uh snuck a little peek at the fact that you know Danny could possibly be Snow, John Snow's aunt. It kind of gets mm-hmm. you going. Like, uh, I don't know if I want to end. Maybe I want to season eight. Let's go ahead and make it an even number. Why? Why not? Right? I mean, yeah. Do you right. feel a little well, be hard I mean, to say they goodbye? Did, they did say. Well, they did say. Um, you know, and I was reading an article. They said that. Well, okay. So when one of the <clears throat> when one of the uh, the actors from Game of Thrones leaked out, you know, saying that we were going to get the new season in July. And then he kind of retracted mm-hmm. and was like, I don't know anything. Um, <laughs> you know, and it could have been a marketing thing. Um, <laughs> right. They did say that they were going to start season eight of uh, production of season eight in September. So right. we are going to get another season. Um, I just don't know how long it's going to be. But the cool thing that I did read about was that Arya's Dire Wolf will be back in Season 7. Yes. I saw that in the article, too. Oh, man. Uh, uh, what's her name again? Do you remember? Oh, man. It was such it a cool name. An, it starts with an N. Yeah, it starts with an N. Yeah, Nathira or something, or Nathiria. Yeah. Um, yeah, something like Nympho. that. Nympho. There yeah. Nympho. So it's um <laughs> so that should be exciting because I'm telling you when these dire wolves were dying like getting killed off I was so sad like I was like there's got to be <laughs> yeah. one more left. <laughs> well, you I mean, know another even, thing even you know. John... Go ahead. Yeah, I was you know uh, hanging on to that that comment too, uh, Jesse, because I was gonna say you know reverting back to um, you know that forty minute that whole 40 minute, you know, fight scene. Imagine, okay, you're watching this, but also think about they had to do this and shoot this and how many times did they shoot it? You know, cause there's going to be a lot of people involved. They were supposed to do this. It depends on how adamant the director is with the movements and how he wants it all to be betrayed, what camera angles they got, you know, it'd be cool to find out how long just on that scene, how long it took them to film it, you know? Yeah, 
I oh, mean, yeah. they put a yeah, lot yeah. of production value to this. I mean, you got to think about, you know, fighting choreography and, you know, the makeup and, and the mm-hmm. cameras and the angles. And, I mean, they, Jesus, like, and I would blood. love to be a fly on the wall <laughs> during that filming. Yeah, the blood. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, apparently, too, there was even some leaks, you know, um, that there's parts of Iceland, Greenland, um, you know, Ireland and Britain, um, that they have filmed in those specific locations. And there's even rumors going around that the actors, and this could wow. be a marketing ploy, we don't know, but there's rumors the actors are actually taking a brutal punishment on their body right now, um, filming it because the winter is so cold right now um, up in Iceland and Greenland and, you know, certain parts of the north that they film at. So, you know, they're sacrificing, maybe. We don't know. If they are, thank you for your effort because we will definitely yeah. do all of it, I'm sure. But, yeah, you know, there's also uh, some other Easter eggs, too, and for Season 7 we look at. Um, one was the fact that um, Cersei ends up making an alliance with King of the Iron Islands, um, the one that Ooh. has taken over from from his niece and nephew and how he – has decided to the form an alliance with the Southern Kingdom. Now, this is kind of something that it's kind of like you needed to say, ooh, because you think about it, Cersei doesn't accept any other lordship, kingship, leadership, unless it is from her or her family, because they're the rightful rulers, you know, of the entire kingdom, the entire land, right? Mm. So it makes you mm. think, how is she going to accept the Iron Islands to be their own people when she wants to rule everything? And, I mean, it, it, it makes it that much uh, bigger of a story. Um, it also has Easter eggs where Peter Baelish um, ends up, you know, uh, fiddling around and driving Sansa and Arya against each other. So that's kind of another oh, little wow. interesting side plot that kind of, you know, gets at fans of the Stark family. And in a sense, it makes sense because Arya and Sansa never really got along when they were together early on in the series as it was. You know, there's a lot of bickering going on, a lot of trouble that happened with Joffrey and the boy, and, and the baker's boy. Um, you know, and you dive into uh, when she wanted to be somewhat of a, a, a fighter, an assassin, uh, a man really other than just a girl and Sansa right. wanted to be a girly girl and she couldn't accept how her sister wanted to be dominant fighting type character you know and right i i'm just eager yeah. to see how the starks do together yeah well, you, I, I, I was that's yeah that's that's yeah, go ahead. that's what i was saying too like that's an interesting story like i'm glad you brought that up because especially in this day and age as well with, um, you know, it kind of reaches out to women's rights, but not just, you know, that's kind of lame saying it that way, but not just women's rights, but that strong character. We've, you you know, relayed this back in our past episodes of, we've seen a big rise in like Spider-Gwen. We've seen, you know, in Marvel, we've seen these things come around all the way, you know, full circle, but then having, you know, this character and she, you know, Jon Snow made her a sword. You know, I've I've gotten past that part where he's like, if you want to learn, then learn and do it right. And she's, you know, come full swing. And, um, you know, um, I'm, I'm going into the, uh, you know, into the uh, um, 
eight uh, episode now, trying to catch up into season one. I know it's still season one, and I've seen some other things and seen some things in um, season six, and it's just awesome to see that relationship of that that strong role that she's taken on. You know. Yeah, I um, I mean, I was gonna say is that you know throughout these seasons, you know, Arya and Sansa have gone through hell and back. They've grown into their own and you know, they're they're different people from when they were separated. So mm-hmm. it will be very interesting to see what happens when they do come together. I mean, even John, you know, uh mm-hmm. you know, they've right. all they've all gone through some, some heavy, heavy, heavy shit. And you know, for and and for them to come back together and 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 you know come together collectively to take back their you know their land i mean it's 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 going to be interesting for sure mhm absolutely i mean you think about it too and and another great interesting point nita is this is that you know the last time they saw each other was when they were all still alive so mm-hmm. The fact that they hadn't had a chance to mourn as one family, right. the loss of their father, the loss of their mother, the loss of some of their siblings, you know, it really brings forth the reality of they've all grown up. You know, they've all grown up. Sansa has become her mother, you know, and found out how to play the game politically. You know, Arya has become an assassin. You know, she's become somewhat of a Rob Stark where she knows how to fight. She knows how to defend her family, but she's also tactfully witty because she has a little edge to her of smarts that she learned from a unique source, which is the same with Rob Stark. And then you look at Jon Snow, and even though he is a Targaryen and right and a Stark, he's so much like Ned. And seeing how his personality is and how he's about family. He's an old school Phil, even with his death and, and resurrection and all that. There's so much to Jon Snow now that makes us respect him a little bit more, makes him makes us think he's a little more of a badass, and roots for him stronger than some of the other characters in that edge. But there's also another Easter egg, and I know I'm dropping these like I'm running with holes in a bucket of water, but you're like the Easter Bunny right now. I know. Because, you know, we're coming up on spring. This is March Madness, people. So here it goes. They're actually going to show some of the past, which we are already kind of expected, okay? They're going to show the past, the history of the Mad King, the history of Ned Stark and his family, nice. and what happened and drove the, you know, the first rebellion. But essentially, they're going to use it in a way where they show parallels. Get this between Jon Snow and the Mad King. Ah. Ooh. So, it, you know, it's it's going to be interesting because we think Jon Snow is a great guy. Now, does this make, the you know, the Mad King once a really good guy and then what maybe a major what, war like we see in season, season seven drive him to a point where he becomes mad? Because this entire time we've been thinking that there's been signs and remnants or possibilities of being the Mad King and Danny coming from, you know, the other side of the, you know, the ocean, essentially, or the sea. I mean, that's something that kind of rises some 
debate between Game of Thrones fans and Jon Snow, you know, Team Jon Snow and Team Danny. You know, I mean, like thinking about it, Nita, does that make you feel a little skeptical or does it make you feel a little inclined to see what they have to offer? Or how do you feel about it? I mean, I think it's a, you know, I, any, everybody has a chance to turn. Okay. Um, you know, whether, you know, someone, you know, dangles something precious in front of you and you have to do what you have to do to get it back or, or whatnot. I think everyone has a price and I think, you know, people get driven because of that. So it, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think, I think that, like when you were saying earlier, um, with Cersei, you know, making an alliance, um, you know, I, who's to say that they make the alliance and she doesn't turn, you know, you know on them. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's, right, right, right. I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, because she's 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 devious. She will do anything, and it doesn't matter. You know, she will she right. will kill her own to 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 you know to protect her family. Um, you know, and I understand you know things happen in the past to make you who you are now. But you know, we all try to be good people. <laughs> but I mean, but sometimes you know <laughs> right. things like that happen. You know, I mean, so it's it, it all in all, it 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 will be very interesting to see how the outcome comes. You know, I mean, it will definitely have a lot more to talk about. I, I think we should all watch the last episode together. I think that would be <laughs> I think that would be <laughs> awesome. Totally. That would that would be awesome. I think that would definitely be something where we would probably be sitting there and at the very end look at each other and be like this this can't be it. Can't yeah. be it. Because <laughs> right. it, it, there's just so much that, I mean we're talking about Game of Thrones season seven and there's so much that they're leaking, and I think they're doing it on purpose. I think they're doing it because they know they got to get the fans oh, something yeah. because it's it's being moved from April to May to June. Now we're here in July. Why the hell not? Let's move it to the fall time. I hope not, but you know you never know. And you know here comes another drop in the bucket, uh, another Easter egg. They're saying uh. that they're going to leave episode or episode seven, the final episode of season seven as a cliffhanger. Oh, wow. Of course they are. Of course they are. Yeah. Now, I Nita mean, they, 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 they would so be, they would be stupid not to. I mean, do you think it would be a cliffhanger in the way of the Sopranos? Or do you think it's a way where they kind of leave it open as a possibility of, hey, maybe one day we might want to come back and, do something else with it. Well, I mean, they're going That's into season eight. So, yeah. I mean, you know, I, I don't know how much of a cliffhanger. I, I think it will be big enough to where we're just like, what? And then we're, you know, everyone's, you know, everyone's going to come up with their own conclusions to it. But, I mean, I, I think it's going to be big enough to where, you know, people will be talking about it until, you know, hopefully, you know, season eight comes. And obviously season eight won't start until next year. But if they do, if they do a spinoff, you know, which you know we've talked about, um, you know that that right there would be very interesting on to see how or what they do. 
you know. Yeah, yeah. I, I think so. I think that would be an interesting way of putting it um, to see what they choose to end it on. Um, and, of course, there is a lot of death. So I'm expecting a death of Cersei. Um, you know, I'm expecting right. a lot of things. And and there's even a, a – when you think about it, it's not just Jon Snow and Danny reuniting. It's Danny. I'm sorry, let's, let's leave Danny out of it for a second. It's Jon Snow. Sansa Stark, Arya Stark being reunited mm-hmm. with another Lannister because who's with Tan- Danny right now? Tyrion. Right. And the fact that their family mm-hmm. hates the Lannisters so much, how is this going to be accepted? Because if you think about it, Jon Snow left Tyrion not really hating him, but respecting him and understanding his witty wit that he had, even though it pissed him off a few times, but he understood the reason why he was because they kind of befriended each other on the wall. And even in the moments where everyone was celebrating and the two bastards, to speak, were outside communicating, and he's like, don't forget who you are, Jon Snow. You know, you're a bastard, Mm -hmm. and accept it. And I'm a midget, or I'm a little man, and I have to admit it, Mm -hmm. or accept it. You know, you look at these instances, and Jon Snow respects them. So how's Sansa going to accept Tyrion? You know, how's Arya, who has a hot head, going to be able to accept Tyrion? And you kind of think about it, and it kind of gets your mouth watering, just that unification of characters. And the fact that they're leaking, that there's going to be such a crossing of paths for their characters like never seen before. And to kind of give people a perspective of that, there's so much death in this season that... George R. R. Martin actually quoted himself and said that he was not enthused by the amount of bloodshed in this season, which kind of goes to show you that there's probably some major characters that's going to die in this, uh, and there's probably going to be a lot of people that we, of course, have rooted for that's going to die. I mean, which is typical, you know, of Game of Thrones. But if they kill off certain characters like Jon Snow or Danny. It's, I think that's going to be a riot on itself. I don't know how you feel. Oh, about yeah. There, people are going to riot. <laughs> you're yeah, you're going to bring up, them. like, the Norman Reedus, Reedus fan-type people uh-huh. that are going yeah. to rage. Yeah. I could, I could definitely see that, too. I agree. That, that, would be, that would be huge. Yeah, I just don't see um, them doing something like that. It would just be stupidity. Really, and um, you know, seeing something like that, uh, I I don't know that they would be smart enough to do that. Um, there are some other leaks that has come out about the article. Uh, there's a few more where basically Jon Snow during the time in between season six and season seven has built up such a camp. You know, you think about certain things and people. Mm-hmm. We look at characters in a TV show and they're individualized. Well, back in medieval times they didn't have individualization. They had a group of support around the king and around the court. Jon Snow built such an epic court that it's actually one where I think in the spoiler they said that Danny had to unite with him, even though they did, she did not want to, because he had such a strong back, backing um, as far as his advisors, his generals, his uh, strategic uh, partners, um, the people who are in politics. He has such a strong, you know, court that it actually, you know, forced her to, to unite with 
with uh or forced Danny to reunite or, or I'm sorry unite with uh, Jon Snow. So it makes you think there. In that sense, if it's forcing Danny to unite with Jon Snow, who is just a small portion of the land, is that maybe what also drives Cersei to unite with the Iron Islands in fear of losing them as well and having ships and a little more power? You know, is that Mm -hmm. something else? I mean, what do you think, Neither You look at the Game of Thrones and there's several different families, and you look at this aspect, does that make a little sense? It does. It does. But I also think that she's doing it just to protect her own. You know, because as of right now, I mean, she's killed off everything. And she's getting her revenge. And right now, that she's, other than Jamie and, <clears throat> and Tyrion, I mean, she's got, she's got no one. So she's got she's to gotta make that alliance. She has to. Yeah. Because who's who's gonna fight think. who's gonna fight with her, you know? I mean who's who's who is right. gonna stand stand with her? You know? Right. And I, I think mean, that, yeah, you've got you've got all these armies. Yeah, you've got all these armies being built right now, you know. Uh, you you know, John's mm-hmm. getting his army, you've got the White Walkers, they have an army, you know, Cersei's building her army. I mean, you yeah, you know, Danny's got her army. I mean, it's it's gonna be a yeah. an all out brawl. And a couple more facts on Game of Thrones as well. I think that, if I remember correctly, either episode one or two, we see Danny and Cersei face off in their armies where Sir, uh, Danny lands on the beach and immediately faced with um, confrontation in a battle with Cersei's armies, the Lannister armies from Jamie. And maybe there's defeat, and that forces her hand. I don't know. Um you know, mm-hmm. what we've known in the past is that there's not ever been a Dothraki army to ever cross the, the Red Sea. And this is the first. So maybe they have some struggling, and then maybe that also forces her hand a little bit. And, you know, another side note, too, we want to acknowledge. Um, Nina, remember the giant that ran through um, and, uh, you know, ran through the gate um, yeah. at the first battle? Oh, and then the and got killed? And, yeah. Yeah, he got killed. His name, the actor, his name is Neil uh, Fingleton. He was the tallest man in Great Britain. Um, he was. Uh, he just uh, recently, on February the 27th, this past Monday, he actually passed away. He had heart failure. He was only 36. Yeah, years that's old. right. So, yeah, so that's a little little note there, and a little, you know, hopefully his family and and it, it sucks that we weren't able to have a podcast in between then and and you know where we're at now to acknowledge it any sooner, but. He did pass away, and I know that even though his character was feared, it was also loved because in the scenes of Jon Snow with the wildlings, a lot of people were in awe of his character just because of the fact that he was a true giant uh, in reality mm-hmm. and in the show. So hats off to his family, and hopefully they're you know, finding joy in what is going to come uh, in Thrones versus you know depression and hardship. So it, it kind of a sucky little topic to throw out there but I had to mention it um, because his character was was very vital and I even believe he played the living giant um, you know that fought with Jon Snow in the Battle of the Bastards as well and died so um, but moving forward you know we see so much a Game of Thrones these little easter eggs that pops up 
the little tidbit that we keep getting fed from the creators and all the all these different little aspects that we're seeing today, um, getting us prepared for the next season, getting us wound up and, and like we're doing now, talking um, about Game of Thrones. But now we'll go move forward a little bit and uh, we'll, we'll start talking about the good old-fashioned Nintendo. And uh, <laughs> I think Kyle has some pretty strong thoughts on that. So, Kyle, you can go ahead and lead the path yeah. of the new Nintendo Switch. Yeah. Um, yeah, and we uh, know that it's launched now. There's uh, some big reviews, and everybody has this craze about uh, The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Um, a lot of people got to see... Uh, you know how that played out, and uh, it looks like it's going to be a rewarding a rewarding console. Um, I've been watching videos the past couple of days um, when I when I caught a chance between business and um, kind of taking you know a minute to chill and just pull it up on my phone. And um, what I've come up with is uh, some good things here. If you you know you guys listening out there and you know even uh, Unita and, and Jesse, some things to think about before you actually decide to throw down uh, $300 um, or, or more for the system with the accessories. Um, so here's, we're breaking it down right now. Um, this is the uh, pros and cons, and uh, what I thought was important um, to kind of go over with this console. Um, it is a hybrid console, and what we mean by that is the fact that you know, it's a it's a console that you can you know take with you, um, and it has a pretty good battery life. You know, um, it's two two to three hours, um, depending on what game you play. Um, picking up the, you know for the processing speeds and all that. Uh, Breath of Wild is giving it about two and a half to three hours of gameplay on the go. Um, you know, it's it's a good game that's out right now. It's you know kind of a mix of uh, open world, so it's kind of got that Skyrim feel. Uh, but just in that, you know, Hyrule open world kind of feel as well. So you can do everything in the game um, that you can pretty much do in real life, like, you know, make a fire, doing these things. That's just to top it off, you know, with all the magic and stuff of, of Hyrule and, and playing Link. So, uh, you know, you can do, you can just grind in the game instead of doing the, the main, con, you know, conquest and stuff like that, the main uh, stuff like, you know, going through the game, um, storyline and stuff. Uh, so that's an added plus, which is hours and hours of gameplay. So that's a plus if you're a huge fan and, you know, you've been waiting for the system. It's been about four and a half years since the release of a Nintendo system since the Wii U. Uh, a fun fact about The Legend of Zelda is uh, Breath of the Wild was it was, originally, it was originally supposed to be released in 2013 uh, on the Wii U console, I but they kept that. putting it off. Yeah, so they kept putting it off and all mm-hmm. that good stuff. Um, but finally they made it, you know, exclusive, you know, to, uh, the Wii U and also, uh, into the Switch. So you can, you know, play on words there. You can actually switch over when you decide to, if you couldn't wait and didn't get a Switch. So, um, I've got a list of five games that might be a pro or con to some people out there, uh, that are out right now that, well, some of them that are out and vice versa. So number five is arms. Well before we before we before we dive into those before we dive into those five games, I'm gonna stop you real quick. Because I feel like um going and talking about the console and even the game of Zelda itself, it deserves a a, a little more 
um, dissect to it because I feel like the Switch, Nina, you know, I want you to chime in too on this because I know you're a diehard Nintendo fan and you also work in the industry um, and have that experience and, and the rapport with the people that come in and tell you from time to time or even what you've heard so far. Um uh-huh. To see a game not on a Blu-ray disc, and we all have talked. I've talked about this with Kyle. I've talked about this with you, Nita. Oh, yeah. And got us all excited. To see a game not on a Blu-ray disc, but in a cartridge that is smaller than the size of a DS or 3DS game be so much better than some of these graphics on a Blu-ray disc on Xbox Mm -hmm. One and PlayStation 4 is just completely crazy within itself and it makes you think the technology is just completely baffling for one particular Mm -hmm. game and at first a few weeks ago Nita and I were talking about on the last time that she did join us um, you know where we were all together us three about even investing in a Switch and why we shouldn't because why would you want to spend $300 for one game when in fact now I kind of feel like I would spend three hundred dollars for that game because it's so surreal. I don't know. What do you think, Nita? Um, you know, I'm kind of like in a way, I'm kind of glad that I um, I waited um, because I've already heard um, I've heard some cust you know I've heard I've heard some customers say uh, you know that they've had no problems. Um, day one, uh, everything worked fine. I've had people also say that they've had problems with the Joy-Cons. Um, I've heard, especially um, when you put when you put the, um, the actual the tablet into the the holder, uh, it's there's two metal prongs on the bottom of it, and it's scratching the hell out of the tablet. So either Ooh. you need to be really careful. Or you need to get one of those protective um, things that you put on your your phone. You need to get one of those for for the tablet itself. Um, Ooh, yeah, kids, yeah, yeah. If 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 kids are just throwing it in there and they're not, you know, they're not putting it straight down, but they're putting it at an angle or whatever, it's really going to mess it up. Now, I did hear something today. Um, I I I kind of glanced at an article that someone had had put out. Um, it was one of the the gaming um uh the gaming websites uh and then i actually uh heard um for a fact uh this morning that any kind of adhesive stickers that you're putting on your system especially the joy-cons they're melting the plastic which is crazy to wow. me wow um, wow well, i'll uh, tell you that it's possibly made very cheap well, I mean, the the thing is, is like, um, you know, because one of the accessories is that you can put like this adhesive sticker of um, like Zelda kind of decor on your system, and they put, you know, this 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 person had put it on their Joy-Con um, controllers, and they peeled it off, and it looked like their dog had gotten to it, so it's actually melting the plastic. Now I can just imagine. That phone call, like, hey, Bill, did you make the adhesive <laughs> out of acid? Like, I oh, mean, wow. it, it's, you know, I mean, it's it's bad. So, no stickers, no adhesives on, on your on on your on your system at all. Um, wow, that I also was heard there was a day. You advertised the stickers. 
Yeah, they get yeah, that they, off they like do. big time. Yeah, they do. And and I'm here to say do not do it because you will be buying you'll be spending more money uh buying new Joy Cons. Um and also there was let's see, there was something else. Um oh, and there was like a day one patch um uh that went that went out. Um some people have been having uh problems with the left uh Joy Con, I guess from what I've, I've, I've been hearing. Um, but other than that, like every, you know, everybody has been saying it's, 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 it's pretty good. Um, but like I said, I knew like some, some, some of this kind of stuff was going to happen. That's, I mean, it happens with any, you know, day one, you know, console launch. So, uh, I just always like to wait before I get, you know, I want them to fix the bugs and, and everything. But from what I've seen, like on YouTube and, you know, people streaming, you know, breath of the wild, like, it's absolutely beautiful. It is. I, I, I just, I can't, I can't imagine, but they may have paved the way for, right. you know, for us to go to cartridge instead of Blu-ray discs, you know, save mm-hmm. some money, you know, yeah. in plastic. <laughs> right. Hey, uh, right. I got a well, question. It'll, it'll save them. It'll save them more money. I don't think that it'd be nice if they dropped the price of the games, but, I think it would yeah. probably save the developers more money and making them more money. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, and also, uh, Nita, did you get to check it out at the uh, at at the um, managers' um, uh, end of the year uh, specials there in uh, in California with uh, GameStop? Did oh, they have that um, where you could play? No, they actually did not have the Switch. Oh, wow. um, they did not. Yeah, they didn't even have it. Now this year, I, I believe, of course they will. Um, but you know, it's. I know that one of our our Nintendo reps did come in, and um, I actually got to see it. Uh, the screen itself is a little bit bigger than the Wii U tablet screen. Um, right. But the I did get to hold the Pro controller, and I have to say that Pro controller is sweet like it is perfect it's absolutely perfect and you know and I I told my rep I was like look I you know I was gonna you know I'm waiting you know for the next wave to come out to to get this but holding this pro controller even though it's 70 dollars Jesus yeah right it, I mean, it, it kind of changed my mind. I mean, like instantly just to hold that pro controller itself. So I would say, yeah. honestly, like if, if people who do have the switch right now, please invest in the pro controller because I'm telling you, it is absolutely great. It's, it's beautiful and it's, it's perfect. And when it the secret, your hands perfectly. Hmm? I was going to say, when the secret gets out too, the price probably will go up knowing, knowing that Nintendo when they perfect something, they usually will make it a little bit better or change something, and the price will probably go up on an accessory. Um, right. If I if I remember correctly, but yeah, I, I agree. I actually I saw some of the uh, footage of the gameplay and the fact that I've seen the same thing that you're saying. Either the reviews of the Pro Controller is pretty much the perfect controller. Which, by the way, Nintendo years ago created the perfect controller, and what happened? They blew up because they made it to be the favorited item of the gamer. 
and uh, for the family right. member. So maybe they found that magic again. We don't know. Hopefully they did because I would hate to see Nintendo go. And uh, it makes me kind of say, you know, we'll see what uh, Nita's saying here. I may have to wait a few more months before anything, maybe even a year. Let them get the bugs and kinks out. Maybe even reward myself with an exclusive console. Who knows? Right. Um, but I think that, you know, as more time goes by and more games come out for it, the better it'll be. The only exciting games I would want to play is Zelda and then Skyrim on there, but I have Skyrim on both my PlayStation consoles, and so I'm pretty much set for now. And the fact that it doesn't have mods, uh, even though it may not be a determining factor for some gamers, um, it might be uh, for for uh, quite a few with Nintendo um, with that particular game. But uh, I guess seeing what the Switch has to offer is, going to be kind of interesting going into the holidays and how they compete with Xbox and Microsoft. And is it going to be a family holiday season or is it going to be an individual me and my man cave kids in the bedroom locked up type of Christmas? Um, that sort of aspect with the consoles. But uh, another interesting topic that uh, we all kind of uh, have interjected and spoke about here and there. Um, and I think Nita and I actually, spent about 20 minutes on the phone earlier. I was inside of a Walgreens, and we were like, we've got to talk about this. And it was like a last-minute add-on was Disney. Um, You know, we talked about the parks. We talked about Star Wars, which is all Disney. But what we didn't talk about that we kind of had under our noses that recently was leaked is the fact that Disney is bringing some of these classical movies that we all saw as kids, right? And they're making them Mm -hmm. darker and humanized such as Beauty and the Beast, Legend of Tarzan, um, you know, The Jungle Book, and even The Lion King coming out uh, later on as well. Hearing that, Kyle, what is your thoughts? Does that kind of get you a little excited, or does it kind of make you skeptical because these are cartoons that we grew up and we fell in love with? Uh, Yeah, I think, um, you know, I think they're going into – um, they're wanting to try to compete with a lot of, um, you know, other companies in the movie industry, um, like, you know, trying to, trying to compete with that, that dark, that darker kind of take on, I guess you could almost say like a gothic take, um, you know, on these movies because of the fact that there's a difference in, there's a there's a difference in um uh, you know you go from watching these movies when you're a kid and I think they're in a sense I think they're trying to follow that that fan base they're trying to follow that fan base and give something else out there while they're working on these you know working in the mix of these other movies so it's almost like they're planning this out in effect for okay I saw I saw you know Beauty and the Beast when I was younger. You know, I love Clocksworth. Uh, you know, it's cool. I even still remember some of the, you know, lingo that he had. He's like, you know, as my, you know, mother always said, if it's not broke, don't fix it. You know, that kind of stuff. And, you know, it sticks with you. So then to see it come into a movie play and, and you know, it's brought it to life and in a darker kind of scene and, um, you know, it, it's staying with that age group. And then all of a sudden you've got these other cartoons they're making that are, you know, 
that are for the younger crowd as well. I mean, it's for everybody, but you know how that goes. It's, you know, it sparks magic in, you know, in kids. And then to see them grow up, are they going to do that same trend? And I think that's where they're going with it in a sense. Yeah, that's actually really funny that you mentioned that because when Nita and I were talking earlier on the phone, um, Nita, I think we pretty much said the same thing, right? Yeah. We were talking about that generational fandom and how, you know, they're going to milk off the generation of that cartoon. And and see, I like what you're saying. It's almost like a, a, a communal farming. They have our generation that was raised on these epic cartoons, which is to us now, no cartoon could really, you know, compare to and making it into the adult featured film. And then also bringing out newer cartoons and are they going to circle around the wagons and do it again like they're doing with us? That's an interesting point, you know, and I, I like how we're all on the same page on that. Um, and even if you look at the new Pirates of the Caribbean, the original ones were more funny, more goofy, Tim Burton-ish, if you would, and now the newest one looks very dark, very murderous and intriguing um, in, in that fact as well. But uh, yeah, I, mean, I I agree. Um, I, I just wanted to add real quick. I I think <clears throat> because if you look at the world now, that's all we see is we see death and fights and you know people being nasty and that's that's all we know now. You know, I mean, if you really look at it, and that's what that's what we want to see, and it's sad, but they are banking on making, you know, these, these, you know, these family kid films that we grew up on and making, you know, like you're saying, <clears throat> like you're saying earlier, uh, you know, gothic and dark. And, you know, with me myself being a big horror fan, I, you know, I, of course I would like to see some, but if you look at the movies that are coming out now, you know, they're psychological, you know, mm-hmm. they're dark, you know, there's action, you know, those are the three things that people want to see now. It's not those right. feel-good rom-coms anymore, because if you look at them, the rom-coms, yeah, you know, it's it's one of those those movies that you put on, you know, for background. Now it's like you have to get our attention. Something bad has to happen. Right. Yeah. You know? Well, right. you know so, and do you think yeah, that they're also I, I wanna... both thinking, I'll get your input on these, I'll get Kyle's first. Kyle, do you think that, they're also doing this because Universal is doing a little bit of something with their older collection with King Kong and Dracula. Do you think that Disney's looking at them and saying, look, we want yeah. something dark. You know, we want to appeal to that same uh, youthful audience. I mean, how do you feel about that? And then Nita, I'll get your, your opinion on that as well. Yeah, I feel, I feel that, uh, that's what I was going to say, you know, with the new Kong movie around the corner, um, you know, and it's funny they're both in Orlando. You look at you know, um, you know what they're what they're actually doing, and um, yeah, I would I would definitely agree with that. I would say that they're 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 always going to be in competition, neck and neck, back and forth. It's kind of like they're the Samsung and iPhone, you know, Samsung and Apple of of the industry, uh, in that sense of uh, you know they're they're always going to be competing. You know, I think that has a little bit to do with it. I think, you know, what what we've all said so far with, you know, it being a darker time, things that are going on, um, you know, around us in our our culture. And uh, even look at Star Wars. Um, You know, when they released Rogue One, 
it's not a it's not a like a great ending. It's not that fairy tale. Oh, the bad. I mean, the bad guys got put down. The good guys won. Kind of thing. It was more of, hey, we got the plans. People died. You know, Darth Vader was pissed, and that whole circle, you know, of of hey, we got the plans, but man, look what happened. Uh, you know, right. the heroes. Um, when we were watching the movie, you know, uh, with Shelby, when we watched the movie, Shelby was very disappointed and disheartened about. Uh, KS-52 going down the, you know, the main robot there that was, he was like, go, go, I'll hold him off. He, he was, you know, she was like antsy in the seat. So bringing that all a tone, you know, uh, it, hey, it even goes into HBO. So I think they're all competing. I think that HBO has been competing with its, you know, thing. I mean, even look at Westworld. It's not all that light. It's it's a pretty dark series in itself. I mean, Anthony Hopkins, he's not a villain, but he is making sure that you know, in his character of Ford, he is making sure that none of this crap, none of this, his his creations are are going to be, you know, is leaked information, you know, with all everyone plotting behind yeah. his back that, that from the board. And so all this stuff coming together in full circle, I, I agree with you, man. Um, I agree with both of y'all with, you know, both of you guys, excuse me, with, you know, what's going on in the industry, what's going on, how it reflects back from the culture and the industry, who's doing what, how can we appeal to this this day and age kind of thing going on, you know? Yeah, I agree because if yeah. you look at Tuna, it's interesting you bring HBO back in play um, because they actually have a $500 million project that they're working on right now uh, that's still yeah. under wraps. It's a, it's a military-type TV show they're going to be having coming out, but they haven't really officially announced it yet. It's a lot of money. Um, so I can kind of see HBO playing, but I don't think Disney is on the same level as Universal and HBO. I think they yeah, have coffers of coffers of coffers. They're, I think they're where they could do whatever they want and they'd be fine. Um, but Nita, what's your what's your opinion on on what we've all been taking in? Um, you know, it's always going to be battle. You know, battle of the studios. It, you know, um, I think. I think Disney won't go as dark as like an R rating, but, you know, of course, you know, studios like Universal, Sony, you know, all of them, they can, they can do that. You know, they can do the hard R. Um, But everything, I mean, if you look at the, the, the TV shows and the movies that are coming out now, they're all very dark. You know, you got stranger things coming out. That's dark. You know, um, Castlevania is coming up on Netflix, and, mm-hmm. you know, that's dark. And that's going to be a very, very hard R animated series. And I'm hoping oh, yeah. I'm hoping that, uh, you know, back in the day, I watched uh, on HBO uh, Spawn. Yeah. Yeah. yeah series, and that was really dark. And, I mean, even for that time. And, I mean, Spawn's a dark, you know, story anyway, but you know, you know, with Castlevania coming out, I mean, that's going to be very dark, and I hope they do it in the sense of, of Spawn. Um, yeah. You know, but that but that's what everybody wants right now. That's what's getting people to get up and go out to the movies again, you know, with movies like Get Out and Logan being an R rating, um, which are two movies yeah. that I still need to go see. <laughs> Um, but, but I mean, people are giving it rave reviews because that's what people want, you know, and, and, you know, and 
as long I mean, as long as it tells a good story and you've got me captured, then so be it, you know. Um, but yeah, I mean, as far as you know, the studios, you know, going tit for tat. I mean, it's that's just how it's always going to be. Now, who comes out on top? Who knows? You know. Um, right. But I just, you know, just as long as they don't produce crap, then I'm happy. <laughs> but, you know. Right, um, right. But, but, I mean, but, you know, because Disney is, is so big now and they, you know, they've got Marvel and all that and Star Wars. It, it, it's, I mean, you, you know, they're the heavyweights right now. And so, of course, mm-hmm. I mean, when you're a big studio like Universal, too, you, you know, you got you got you got to bring you you got to you know you can't bring a knife to a gunfight, you know. You, you got to right. You know, they're they're digging in. You know, they're digging in their vault, going, okay, well, what can we remake? You know, what can we do? Oh, okay, we can do Dracula. We can do the Mummy. We can bring back the Universal um, monsters, and you know, we can make them darker. You know, we've got the technology to do it now. We've got great actors that can, you know you know, make it a great story and, and stuff like that. So it will be very interesting to see in the next few years, you know, what's what's going to come up. Because action films like Gardens of the Galaxy, Star Wars, and the Marvel comic book, you know, um, group, you know, everyone's, you know, that's fun for the whole family. Everyone's going to go and see that. Right. But when you're, but when you're targeting, you know, 20-somethings and older you know, we want to see death. We want to see horror. We want to see things that mess with our mind. And we want to be able to talk about it at the water cooler the next day, you know? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So to speak. And, and going into the point where you're saying, too, you know, Disney has become a brand. And even though Universal is a brand within itself, it's not nearly on the level as Disney. Because you look at Disney, right? and it's, it's films, it's, it's parks, it's the actual things we buy universal. You don't buy things from universal unless it's a movie from a store or when you're at the park, some, you know, little stuff that you want to keep some keepsakes, but yeah, like some, you know, memorabilia. Yeah. The little stuff like that, you know, it's nowhere near the level of Disney as far as the brand that it puts out. So I think right now we may see a domination of Disney for the next 10 to 20 years. If they keep doing what they're doing, um, I mean, they have dominated for the last 10 years, if you think about it, unknowingly, wittingly, and silently. Uh, Universal has definitely been choked at the horn to really kind of come out with something from the vault. And uh, I think that they're going to have to be forced to come out with some mega saga and right. maybe even have a couple flops along the way because we've seen it happen before with Fox. You know, 20th right. century Fox, they, hey, they flopped yeah, they I had at to... that position too. Yeah, and and I was being a little antsy, but you know I agree because you know you you think about it like this too. You don't even hardly hear or see any push unless you're just really watching all the Disney channels and you're you know on that level. But you hardly hear even of the characters, the main characters anymore. It's all the outer characters that bring people in. They just added the Star Wars stuff. You've got, you know, other, you know, theme parks in the mix, uh, you know, pieces of that they're bringing in, but they're they're piecing all this together like a puzzle. It, of course, it's central around, you know, the main parks like the Magic Kingdom and, you know, Cinderella. Then you've got your your basic stuff like that, like you know, Beauty and the Beast, of course, you know, uh, the Lion King. 
but Mickey, Mickey Mouse, Minnie Mouse, you know, the goof troops, you know, DuckTales, you got all this stuff that, you know, plays a little small role now. It's not everyone just to go see Mickey. You know, when's the last time you heard someone go, oh, I want to go see Mickey? It's not just about that anymore. It's about the whole experience, like you were saying. You see the movie, but then you're going to go and experience it in real life. No VR kind of thing, you know. It's just like right in front of you, you're emerged in this magical kingdom that's always been Disney. So to bring that and then push it with the movies and then bringing this together right. and then, you know, that's I, I, I agree with you. I think they will dominate if they keep pushing in that, you know, in that area and keep going in that direction and listen to the fans and see what they really want. And, you know, we just, right. you know, you know, even to add, you know, to what you're saying, you know, a couple of months ago, uh, last year, we, you know, me and Shelby went, you know, on a little short vacation and we went to just downtown Disney and you don't even, you know, yeah, you can window shop almost, and you can just go and look at all this stuff. And the stores are are immersive in their sales. You, you take, you know, you find yourself wanting to take pictures of the wall, the the memorandum that you know when you're there. You know, the trading, Star Wars stuff, pins. of course. Yeah, I mean, yeah, trading the pins, doing, you know, Shelby was just talking about that. Um, you know, it was cool where you could build your own lightsaber. So all these things that you can do from the movies, from the experiences, you can take this stuff home. I completely agree with you. Well, you know, Disney is all about the memories and, and the fact that they these hands, you know, to work and, and having the tangibles in your hands. It's the magic of retail, the magic of magic, and they know that. It's been, right. you know, almost 100 years worth of, of that. Really, not even 100 years. I, I, I'm I'm exaggerating. It's really... I believe the first Disney park opened up in 1972 and that, you know, it's been years and years, almost 50, 60 years of, of magic, um, which is awesome. And of course we also have magic on this show because <laughs> we make it every right. week or every other week. Um, just like the magic that we all like to make in, you know, certain areas of our lives. But uh, this has uh, definitely been awesome for sure. So, uh, but first and uh, foremost, I want to take a second and and thank everybody uh, for listening in and tuning in to the JK podcast. Um, we've had a great rapport yeah. with our listeners. The interaction, the calls, the likes, the shares, the downloads, subscriptions, and listens, whether it's from blogtalkradio.com or if it's from iTunes. Um, and, of course, we have great, great family that comes in, such as Ryan that's come in. Uh, oh, Nita, yeah. You have definitely been a fan favorite, and you've been one of our favorites to come yep. on the show. And again, we appreciate always having you come onto the show um, and of being course. a part of this uh, JK podcast family. Yes, so, thank you. Definitely. Oh, yes, you're thank welcome. you yet again. So, <laughs> um, with that being said, we're rolling out of time, and we'll go ahead and close things out here on episode 11 March Madness and Thrones, a little bit of Disney and a little more here and there. But for all you JK Podcast listeners out there, once again, you can find us on iTunes on JK Podcast. You can download from your feed directly to your phone. You can even share uh, on your Facebook from iTunes uh, to be able to, to let your friends and family know they're on Facebook and Twitter, and it's at JK Podcast 101. And if you want to find us on blogtalkradio.com to listen to us live or to stream us on your tablet or device whether it's samsung android iphone whatever it is the brick if you want to dial in and listen you can do that too 
blocktalkradio.com backslash JK podcast. Thank you all again for listening in tonight as we're closing up shop. Nita, it's been awesome. Thank mm-hmm. you again. Oh, you're welcome. And Thank you for having me on. Yes, absolutely. We look forward to having you on in future episodes as well. And Kyle, it's awesome to hear your yeah, voice brother. again, man. I'm excited to see you come home, bring yes, it home, sir. and shake that tail feather all the way back up here to Metro Atlanta. And what are we always doing, Kyle? Hey, you know we're always just kidding. And we're always on the fly, guys. <laughs> Thank you again for listening. Thank you again, Nita, for coming on the show. And for all you people out there in India listening to us, namaste. Thank you very much, guys. <laughs>